welcome to the 28th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. My name is Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, paid media and especially my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So yeah, if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media or just cutting your spend on your data analysis tool, just send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So that's M-I-N-D-S-W-A-N-P-P-C. So yeah, in this episode, we have Julie Bacchini leading us again in a chat on squeezing more out of challenging scenarios. Yeah, a topic I'm sure that whether you're new in the field or you know you've been doing paid media for ages now, you'll definitely find useful. So yeah, let's get our learning hats on and get right into it. So yeah, in our first um question, we've got Julie Bicini asking, what is a challenging scenario you face regularly? Examples could be limited budgets, super competitive industry with sky high CPCs, inability to use tags, etc. Um, first, answering in, first answer in is from Amalia, who replies, clients not managing their lists or maintaining CRM data and low volume. My SMX East talk is on these special clients in two weeks. We've got Brooke Osmondson replying to question one saying sky high LinkedIn CPCs and the inability to effectively retarget LinkedIn users because clicks are counted if they don't click through to website caveat i haven't been actively managing the linkedin ads but have recently been brought in yeah i think you definitely will would um want to speak to um aj wilcox about that brooks he's the main expert on our in our community here about linkedin ads um yeah and then we've got mark gustafson replying um the we want to show up for everything and be super efficient with half the budget of competitors situation yeah People wanting more for a lot less. Got Julie Bettini replying, limited budgets are something I encounter regularly. When coupled with high CPCs, it is rough sledding. Yes, I experienced that as well. We've got Eric Farmer replying, leadership that just doesn't understand the benefit of digital marketing. Like they'd rather invest in print ads for their e-commerce business. Yep, I experienced that with a B2B um, client that um, sold um, B2B electronics. So um, yeah, we've then got um, Robert Brady replying to question one saying, really competitive niches. The CPCs are so high, you just don't have any margin of error. We've got Doug R. Thomas replying to question one saying, the most challenging scenarios I've run into when I was agency side were with very limited population in the geo target for business, sort of a reverse limited budget scenario. So yeah, so Julie says that uh, keeps sharing scenarios, but she goes quickly into question two, saying what is the best workaround you've come up with for your challenging scenario and does it work regularly or in more than one situation and or or in more than one platform. Um, we've got Stephanie Erne, though, um, going back to sharing a scenario for um, question one, saying limited in budget and not converting when revenue is the goal. Um, we've got Angela Dugan, who replies to question one, saying um, it's always challenging in budget limitation. Glenn Schmezel, 
um, her replies to question one saying we have small geos sometimes it underlines needs for expectation setting clients shouldn't think of us as magicians or rainmakers mark gustafson then comes in on a coma note <laughs> of not having the creative resources or website to create a proper funnel we can attempt it but at the end of the day so much is left on the table that turning an roi is difficult got Haley dixon replying to question one saying scaling not always if i spend more money i will get more of the same results got elevated marketing replying to question one saying attribution for each type of ads platform and them all being different um got mark gustafson again with um, another answer to question one saying last one people bookmark all of our landing pages so analytics data is all incorrect since repeat purchases keep coming through our utm parameters we've then got Dwayne brown replied to question one as well saying resetting expectations after another agency sold the client on an outcome that doesn't make sense or is wrong um and then yeah i've got robert brady then being the first to answer question two saying start with the most relevant queries get a real good offer unique if possible and track measure everything got julie bacini replying to question two saying for limited budgets where there's not um, enough money to expand on them really focusing on terms most likely to convert rather than broader traffic and budget hog terms is key if it can be tough getting clients on board with this reality though then we've got Amalia then doing a part one um, to answer the question two, saying I always, always discuss limitations on our end if clients don't properly manage lists for email, i.e. B2B, or provide us with updated info or manage their end of the funnel. Establishing clear scope helps with this. We've got then God Glenn Schmelzel, who replies to question two, saying think showing results from two or more channels helps people understand challenges. It's a chance to level set what's realistic, prevent people from blaming unrelated factors or jumping to conclusions. Yes. So that's why I'm always um, nervous when um, a client, you know, just does, we just do a reporting only on PPC and don't have other channels um, side by side to it to, to see what a good measure is. Um, then got um, Julia Vice replying to question one and two saying limited budgets and sky high expectations. Um, and then obviously for question two, she goes education, restructures, shared budgets when necessary and regular communication. Got Mark Gustafson replied to question two saying, unfortunately, without proper creative assets, we have to move away from direct response a bit and shift towards branding. Assisted conversions and analytics have been our friend there. As far as our UTM issue, we re review the data in the actual interface. Got Amalia then continue with her answer to question two saying, also, anytime you can explain things in a different way, it helps. I write out things in reports, make visual charts and verbally explain all the learning types. Um, got Stephanie Ernie then replying actually to Dwayne Brown where he's uh, where Dwayne said resetting expectations after another agency sold a client on an outcome that doesn't make sense. Um, Stephanie replies exactly and setting the right expectations in the beginnings are often also challenging. Um, Dwayne continues saying it's not always easy and we tell the client we are honest not a used car salesperson and treat your money like it's our own. Yeah, and so yeah, we've then got um, Mark Gustafson replying to question two saying for the impossible client or bosses that want the impossible, being straight up and having candid conversation is best in my opinion. Might not always end well, but I'd rather provide value and truth than not. 
We've then got Mark, Mark's Media replying to question one, saying limited budgets with high CPC, max bids, depending on location, competitiveness, etc., is a frequent challenging scenario we encounter. And they go on to question two, um, answering question two, saying our main workaround is a mix of reallocating the budget, removing match types that aren't showing results, and trimming ad copy. Additionally, using targeted audience lists helps too. Got Amali replying to question two saying, also, if you work with a sales team, do your best to ensure the expectations they are setting matches the reality of what you can deliver. So, yeah, I've got Julie saying that she loves the responses today and, you know, going to keep it rolling. And with question three, she comes in with which type of challenging scenario do you find easiest to manage or find success with and why? Um, and then, yeah, we've got some Dogar Thomas first replying to question two. So as part of an agency, I never really figured it out, though I often suggested set up only contracts that were designed to keep the ads profitable for the client. With in-house, I'm kind of loving the ability to run smaller campaigns regardless of the third party profit. Um, then we've got Stephanie RNA replying to question two, saying showing them what their competitors spend can be eye-opening with a limited budget. I just have not yet found a good tool for the Dutch market to get these insights. So much is US focused. Um, we've then got um, Julie Bacini there replying to Stephanie Ernie, who um, when Stephanie had said in answer to question two, saying showing them what their competitors spend can be eye opening with a limited budget. Um, yeah, and then Julie replies to that. Julia replies to that even saying, I would strongly advise caution in looking at third party tools that discuss budgets. They are always wrong for US, Canada, and I don't know. They would be fair in the Europe, um, know how they'll be fair in the European markets. Big, big caveats all over these reports. Yes, that's really right. No company, no um, third party tool is ever going to know what your budgets are and how you can always tell is to actually look at what like SEM Rush or like Hitwise or any of these competitive tools are saying about your own budgets. And obviously you would know the truth so you can know the differentiator of what it actually is. Um, so Stephanie replies to that saying that a while back where some told, where some told me that I had one full timer just on feed management. If you're an agency with a few hours a month, that is hard to compete with. Same for budget and spend. Those things are good to know to place in perspective for clients and set realistic goals. So just um, to say that again, she said a while back where someone told me they had one full timer just on feed management. If you're an agency with a few hours a month, that is hard to compete with. OK, same for budget and spend. So, yeah, so it's saying basically it looks like they knew had somebody who was full time. 24 seven, just working their whole job was just doing shopping, you know, shopping management. And if you know that about a competitor and your agency, um, that has, you know, like it's a small team is doing all your PPC. Yeah. They're probably spending a lot less on shopping or you have probably have a lot less budget on shopping than those competitors do. So those kind of indicators, you, you know, can give you a good idea of what the spend difference is. Um, yeah, and so yeah, and Julia Weiss then replies to that saying, yeah, and every client is different. The feed manager should be a partner with you. And if you only have a few hours a month, your budget might be too low, real talk. Amalia replies to that saying 100%, any competitor spying tools always seem a bit fishy to me. There are too many privacy laws for them to be accurate. 
definitely. And they straight up are not. We've got Jason Stinnett replying to that, um, tipping in on that, saying, I found they're good at indicating relative size. E.g., this advertiser is spending big, this one is spending little, even if the tool says the budget is 10 times higher than reality. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's the conversation, conversation goes on. It's just um, going on about the fact that it can give you, you can use it as a good idea to increase budgets. We've got Mark Gustafson saying, I agree 100%, but we'll use any ammo I get to increase budget. So that's the kind of things that you can use competitive insights to do. Um, so yeah, so just keep all those things in mind. It can be good indicators, but they won't give you, they'll never give you accurate, absolute values. We've got Julia Vice then replying to question three saying, I find the expectations of magic to be easiest to manage because so much of what we do is measurable. I can show the work I'm doing right up to where the sales team takes over. And yeah, we've got Emma Franks um, coming in with her answer to question one and two. To one, she says, generally related to website issues, e.g. platform doesn't support GA or GTM tags on every page, multiple domains with, within funnel, no dedicated landing pages, forms of conversions completed on third-party site. In answer to question two, she says, just do the best we can, GTM for clicks, Facebook lead forms, etc. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Dogar Thomas replying to question three, saying, my favorite is limited by budget. Once you have those profitable campaigns, you can really show the size of the market and make solid projections. Um, and then, yeah, we've then got Marks Media replying to question three, saying, we're definitely able to manage the aforementioned limited budget scenario thanks to the workaround cited in question in the answer to question two. We've got Amali replying to question three, saying, setting expectations. Once I got used to it, realized that it's not a case of the client is always right because they're not always right <laughs> and found the ability to push back and have the hard conversations this got easier with time and made my life much smoother longer term um got julie Puccini then replying to question three saying i'm good with people must be my years of studying diplomacy in college so resetting expectations or having a conversation where i need to be direct about something that's not working are the easiest scenarios for me to navigate oh Julie, I think you need to definitely share some tips on how you do that. I'd love to hear, to read an article about that. Um, and so, yeah, we've then got, um, and in answer to question three, we've got Emma Franks um, saying limited by budget is definitely my preferred challenge. Um, it's easy to show via lost impression share um, to budget how many conversions we're missing out on without the mystery of changing CPCs that lost impression share towards rank gives. Reallocating budgets based on CPA is a much easier to predict outcomes. Um, and yeah, we've then got um, Julie Bicini then going straight into question four, saying which type of challenging scenarios do you find most difficult to manage or find success with and why? Um, but before we get into that, we've got Mark Gustafson replying to question three saying, pretty used to being straight up with clients or bosses now. I feel like I don't need to dance through hoops to please them. Let's be real and face the facts, then put, then put something in place to make things work course correct educating is part of our job got a malia reply to question four saying as much as i have done it 130 plus times the low volume one is always frustrating it requires patience and lots of time and more patience did i mention i'm not the most patient person um and then yeah we've then got um eric farmer then replied to question four saying incompetency because you just can't fix stupid okay and we've got um julia vice replying to question four saying um it to 
those who don't learn don't trust if you're so into what your nephew read on a defunct blog by all means hire him and leave me out of it if you want to have a real discussion with an expert even gasp a lady expert <laughs> then we'll be fine um and then yeah we've got um elevated marketing replying to question four saying which channel should i do facebook should i do facebook or google ads both. <laughs> and then we've got Jason Stinnett replying to question four saying when someone built their business on referrals and is new to advertising, referrals are mostly high quality and easy to close. Lead gen requires sales and a number games mindset. And then, yeah, we've then got um, J.D. Prater replying to question four saying, I find it challenging when clients always want better numbers daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Numbers must go up and up must go up or you're not good enough um yeah that is a, a very tough one i remember in fact the the client that i'm working with right now they um my the the head of the team said that we need to the target is for us to keep increasing our quality visits to the side month to month and i actually told my manager that there's always a point of diminishing return and we can't really do that it can't be just more money that we'll see more conversions at some point we have to realize that we know what the cost cost per conversion cost per lead target needs to be and it's going to defer for each country otherwise we're just going to be increasing more spend and not getting more leads out of it um so yeah so we've got um amalia replying to um julia vice where she had said those who don't learn and don't trust and especially in, in her part to say if you want to have a real discussion with an expert even gasp a lady expert then we'll be fine um amalia replied i laughed out loud at lady expert but it's so true the number of times i've had oh i thought you were the receptionist as a reaction to me being put on the phone when they asked for their marketing experts Oh, yeah. And Julia Vice replies, I mean, it's so late to have that attitude, but it's real. It's sadly completely, completely real. Uh, yes, I'm actually quite, feel quite lucky that I've not had that kind of experience. Well, yet. Well, touch wood, it wouldn't be yet. And then in answer to question four, we've got Julie Bicini coming in saying, thinking that successful marketing in the, in the digital space is somehow accomplished with pixie ducks pixie dust and a few dollars in two weeks time marketing has not changed the tools we have available to get our messages in front of potential customers has we've got emma franks replying to question four as well saying when you use all your best tools to propose new goals for growth and then something um, crazy happens and they become impossible to achieve goes back to resetting expectations and reminds clients that ppc isn't magic then pivot according to what makes sense in the data. Um, and then, yeah, we've then got um, Julie Puccini then going straight into question five, saying, has there ever been a scenario that you just could not make work or get the results you were looking for? What was the main barrier? Yeah, this is a very good question. Let's see what answers we've got there. So then we've got um, Julia Vice coming with, yep, clients and I ended a long-standing relationship over what they wanted versus what I could ethically produce. Heard from a partner about a year later that they had gone through three agencies after me. Huh, surprise, surprise. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Amalia replying to question four saying, um, I also find it hard when they have one metric they're obsessed with and wouldn't let my explanation of how things work together change that. I just want traffic to the site. Okay, but do you want it to do anything? Yes, we really need to move forward from the fact that all we measure is traffic and visits. Like, um, I, I, I do a talk where 
um, some of the yeah, previous talks of conferences I've done is where that's what we used to do in like 2002 or 2003. And right now, you know, clients should be asking about what gets done when you get on the site, what's, what pages are being viewed, what, what conversions are being done, you know, what actions have been taken on the website. Measuring, measuring traffic alone is totally not efficient and not a good use of money or resources at all. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, then got um, Emma Frags replying to question four again. So that part two of question four saying also when clients are wanting to build brand awareness, but there's little to no content available for promotion on website or off. I wanted to use LinkedIn, but don't have the budget for for quality test. Overall, just misunderstanding about how PPC works. Yes. When people think that um, PPC is a pull strategy, um, you know, well, yeah, when th people think that PPC is a push strategy where they think that, oh, yeah, if you just tell them, you know, what's already out there, people will buy it. Um, Yeah, no, the, the demand has got to be there. It's a pull strategy. People will need to have searched or need to have known your brand, know what you do, knowing that you're related to a particular service for them to actually trust your brand when they see your ad. Um, So, yeah, so in terms of you know, answering like a really good thread here. We've got JD Pratter who had replied to question four saying, I find it challenging when clients always want better numbers daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Numbers must go up or you're not good enough. Um, Mark Gustafson replies, some, um, some interesting inception right there. But this, I think because this is so true for SEO, clients expect the same from us at some point, becoming more efficient levels off. Exactly the whole point of diminishing return. Big changes will come from drastic tests, but they're often too conservative to experiment. Um, and then JD Prater replies to that saying, plus at some point maintaining results is just as challenging as getting better results. There are not enough credit um, given to maintaining predictability. Um, okay, then we've got Stephanie Arne replying to question five, saying sometimes you're just focusing too much on Google ads when actually the website is the problem and then advising them to do some CRO can be a challenge. And yes, that's where I definitely got with my last client. Um, I was trying to tell them that landing page optimization needs to be done. So they kept on asking me what the landing pages changes need to be. And I needed to explain to them, I'm not the CRO expert. They really need to talk to someone that will do that CRO analysis for them and tell them what needs to be specifically needs to be improved. All I can do is landing page testing. Um, and then, yeah, of course, we've got, um, you know, yeah, Julie Bicini replying to JD Pratt saying, preach it about plus at some point maintaining results is just as challenging as getting better results. They are not enough credit given to maintaining predictability. So are you guys who the way you where um you're having that situation where you know big spikes or increases in performance in happen performance happening, don't worry. Don't think you're not doing a good job maintaining predictability and maintaining a good performance is as good a job as you know, making sure you take the opportunity of increasing market share or increase in, you know, increase in interest of a particular product, like let's say through a sales period. So we've again got um, Angela then replying to question five saying, I would say my miserable scenario is achieving all the number the clients want. Sometimes it's unrealistic itself. So having too many targets can be an issue. I had a client as well where we had AOV targets, cost per lead targets, ROI targets, CPC targets. You know, having so many to work on at the same time can be a little bit difficult. So knowing how to manage that is quite a skill.
And in reply to um, what JD Pratt said about um, at some point maintaining results is just as challenges as getting better results, Amali replies to that, I have a client who wants to change things every two weeks and then gets frustrated when the numbers also change. What I would give for someone to value predictability and stability. Um, okay, and then we've got Mark Gustafson then, yeah, replying to that is, this is exactly why I've stopped reporting CPCs. It's an outdated metric. If you're using automation, it serves almost zero importance. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's this is a reply to Jason saying, um, or when they expect all the numbers to go in the same direction, e.g. I cut low CPC terms that weren't converting, frustrated CPC went up rather than happy CAPL went down. Um, we've got Julie Bicini then replying to question five saying if their website is awful and fixing it is not possible or using a third party landing page solution can't be done. I can't produce results under those circumstances. I can't in good conscience help someone spend dollars to advertise when I know no results would suck. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Stephanie Erne then re replying to question five saying, personally, I also find it hard to decide when to pull the plug on something you kind of want to make sure you did everything right that makes you let things run for too long sometimes that is why having good client communication is so important but so hard sometimes um and yeah we've then got um, emma franks again replying to jason where he said um or when they expect all the numbers to go in the same direction e.g cutting low cpc terms that weren't converting and frustrated cpc went up rather than happy cpl going down Emma replies, this is a great point, or why did we spend less this month in X campaign? Because we paused or excluded all those non-converting terms, remember? Yeah, people, some clients just tend to forget things that were already agreed and already communicated with. So sometimes it's what well, this is one of those cases where you need to, even when you talk to clients about a particular strategy, make sure you follow up with an email so that you can always refer back and confirm that you did communicate it with them and no one can panic that, oh, you didn't tell us what was going on and you have proof of that. Then we've got Amalia replying to question five saying, I'm in it right now. The barrier of twofold lack of understanding of the strategy that they've chosen to implement alongside improper maintenance of lists. They have a strategy built around content and no new content but the same list we've got jd um, prater replying to question five saying my main barrier was facebook's algorithm shifting targeting options and changing user behavior we tried everything but just couldn't hit the results they needed to be profitable we've got mark gustafson replying to question five saying once had a client that was barely starting out just built an e-com site was starting to get into big retailers think costco Whole Foods, etc., but little brand recognition at that time. Um, so yeah, they expected people to buy their candy online in bulk without tasting them. We're talking of forty-five minimum dollar order. Um, they refused to invest in top of funnel uh, marketing because we hired an agency to make money. Yeah, right. Good luck with that. Um, and then we've got Eric Farmer replying to question five saying, out of the gate, non-branded campaigns had horrible ROI. Duh. I had to turn it all off because leadership didn't want to invest if it didn't have a positive ROI, even though they were top of funnel. Main barrier was misunderstanding and unrealistic expectations. Um, Mark Schmiedner replies to question four saying, when campaigns just don't show results, example coming in question in answer to 
five. Got Marks Media then continuing with um with the answer to question five, saying we had a client in the last few months focused on lead gen form fillouts, and the only responses we received were spam, garbage, junk. This may have been the keywords we were working with, as well as the level of search intent. Then got Julie Bettini going on to question six when, when saying, asking even, when you're faced with a challenging scenario, what's your game plan? How do you tackle it? What's your process to try to figure it out? Before we get into that though, we've got Emma Franks replying to question five saying, I'd say 95% of everything I've attempted with LinkedIn targeting was spot on and so promised, promising, but CPCs and conversion rate just didn't make it work. The investment still getting lower CPLs across the board on Facebook and tons more volume, not giving up hope yet, but trying new things. Um, we've got Mali replying to question six in collaboration. I'd say collaboration for slash communication, but she just says collaboration. Um, first with my team to develop a plan, then with the client. I also always go in knowing what we promise to do, what we can do and what we'll will not be able to do. My teaching experience has made educating clients much easier. Yeah, maybe we should all do like a teaching course or a teaching degree so we know how to explain things to clients so that they understand and don't complain down the line. Um, we've got Julia Vice then replies to question six saying, I tend to jump on a call, important. I want to fully understand the challenge, the client expectations and what success will be. Always talk before the whiteboard. Um, we've got Julie Bettini replying to question six saying, determining the underpinning elements is my first step in sleuthing out what is happening. Communication is key for this. Once I have a handle on that, I work out steps needed to address them to move concretely towards the end goal. I am a big fan of that. Even when you're disagreeing with a client and the client keeps on telling you that they want to do this, it's important to know what the motivator is, what their final big business goal is, not just what PPC goal should be and you know how explaining what your strategy is and how your strategy is working towards that goal and how you're not just advising it because hey everyone else is doing it because that's important to not do. Then we've got Stephanie Ernie there replying to question six and when doing agency work, first trying to get all noses pointed in the same directions. Sometimes you just have to tell them again that you're working with each other, not against each other, especially when facing tough campaigns and not meeting targets. And we've got Emma Franks replying, first thing, figure out why it's happening or at least rule out what isn't causing it. Use that to develop a plan of attack and come to the client with honesty. Here's what happens. This, here's what happened. This is why we think. Here's what we can do to respond. Here's what we expect. Um, got Jason Stinnett to reply to question six, you know, similar about communication, saying lay out what we can do today and what we could do with more budget, buy-in, resources. Make sure everyone is on the same page as far as options. They may say no today and choose to invest more later. Got Emmerich Farmer giving a nice little seven-point list here saying, don't panic, assess the situation, ask questions, be transparent with team, come up with solution, enter attack mode, dominate life. <laughs> Brilliant one, especially that last one. Just dominate life in general. Um, so yeah, we've got Julie coming in with um, the last question of the day saying, is there one kind of challenging scenario that you just really, really, really dread or one you would turn down a project or client over? 
Um, so yeah, Amali replies saying, when it is clear the client is unwilling to listen to reason, learn about what they may not know or, collab or collaborate for the success of their business, we're out. If it's impossible to communicate, then it's going to be frustrating for everyone. Agree. We, everyone needs to have their limits as to what client to work on. You don't want to just work with anybody. Once you start seeing that success might not be ever possible, it's good to, it's best to cut your losses. Um, we've got Stephanie Ernie still replying to question six saying when optimizing in the account, actually make a game plan and hypothesize first. Check off the entire list. Also check for significant changes in the account that were made and then not being afraid to make decisions and start testing stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we've then got, um, yeah, Robert Brady replying to question seven saying if the client wants to get shady on the ethics, I'm out period. We've got Mark Subel replying to question seven saying typically a niche that doesn't have any clear search demand yet. It might be a great product or solution, but it's hard to drive action when it's a new technology, unless they agree to more of a brand exposure strategy. Um, and then we've got, um, Emma Frax then replying to JD Prater where um, Emma had actually said, I'd say 95% of everything I've attempted with LinkedIn targeting was spot on and so promising, but CPCs and conversion rate just didn't make it work. Um, the investment still getting lower CPLs across the board on Facebook and tons more volume, not giving up hope yet and trying new things. And that was in our reply to question five. Got JD Prater then coming in with saying, have you found a lead quality different? difference even emma replies we found qualification rate for linkedin leads and facebook leads to be about equal so the increase in volume for facebook with cheaper clicks and better conversion rate made it hard to argue for continued test in linkedin we almost exclusively use facebook lookalikes for targeting so that helps with quality um so yeah i've then got mark smita replying to question six saying our game plan is an analysis of the account to see what's working and what needs to be changed this includes increased targeting i.e audiences geo etc removing all broad match keywords adjusting bids etc if things turn around great if not um yeah if not, hmm, likely a campaign where nothing seems to be working, even after we do our troubleshooting analysis and implement those fixes. Um, and then, yeah, we've then got J.D. Pratia replying to question seven, saying, for me, there are certain industries or companies that I just won't work with. I think it's important to know that so you don't get persuaded by money. Um, yeah, we've then got um, Julie replying to question seven saying where there's someone in the mix who thinks they can do my job and are just hiring me because they are too busy to do it. Um, inappropriate behavior towards me or anyone on the team. Balking at a prepay for strategy work. Mm, that's an interesting one. I actually did have um, speak to a client like that where it was because, yeah, they needed more hands on deck. So, yeah, interesting that that's a strategy Julie uses. I might use that think about that for the future we've got julia vice replying to question seven saying a specific time and date to make a certain amount of revenue with no access to the full funnel content sales or channels etc i'm not a marine i'm not a shark i'm not any metaphor for doing something profoundly unreasonable just for your fees take it elsewhere um, we've got Mark Gustafson replying to question six saying, I'll take a step back. The study I go through being involved in PPC chat, 
Slack groups, Reddit groups, reading blog articles, listening to podcasts and talking to others is fundamental. I might not have heard of every problem, but enough that I have an idea of what to do. And actually going into to some nice tips about um, LinkedIn ads in reply to um, Emma Franks, where she says that, you know, she's tried, um, I'd say 95% of everything I've attempted with LinkedIn has been challenging, targeting was spot on and so promising CPCs, but and so promising, but CPCs and CVRs just didn't um, make it work um, for the investment. Mark Gustafson replied, have you tagged your ads and then retarget those UTMs in Facebook, really effective, just the LinkedIn click can make your Facebook even more effective. Um, yeah, Emma Franks replied, I'm about to start doing this in search. Actually, thanks to a great presentation from Michelle S- Michelle M S E M last week. I didn't realize you could do you could also create audiences based off UTMs in Facebook. I'll definitely be looking into that. Um, and then yeah we've got Mark Gustafson replying to that saying yep she's been talking about it a lot I personally think the LinkedIn or Facebook combo is most powerful Facebook's minimum audience size is 20 you can easily build an audience of C-level at company X and have super targeted Facebook ads for them Um, and then yeah we've got Emma Frank replying to that to set these up do you use a website visitors custom audience and just put the UTM parameter in the URL criteria uh, Mark Gustafson says, yep, alternatively, you could just scrape LinkedIn profiles for emails and hope some match, but more time consuming or sketchy. Also, I've mostly seen success with really top of funnel content like industry reports and white papers. Okay, so that's it for you guys for this. Um, any uh, tips you wanted about um, LinkedIn and doing um, LinkedIn um, advertising a little better and doing cross audience usage um and then yeah i'll come in with um an answer with one of our final few answers for this week we've got mark gustafson replying to question seven saying competitive industries with big players i know there's always a way but when i'm outmatched and product quality and budget um when i'm outmatched on product quality and budget it ain't going to be pretty at some point even our expertise can't provide results um and yeah with that we come to the end of our chat, um, you know, we've got, yeah, we've got the cut, the conversation going on, this kind of thing, you know, gets a lot of people going on about challenges. Did you feel that some of your challenges, um, were, were mentioned here where there's some challenges you've heard about that you've not come across making you think, whoa, okay, my life is not that hard. Thank God. I hope, I hope you do get um, a little bit of that, you know, and know that you are doing a good job and even if you're just especially the biggest message for me was that even if performance is being stable that can be a good thing that may start means you're doing something really well instead of performance actually plummeting so yeah i hope you've um, enjoyed that i hope you've um taking had a, a few things to take away um to learn to implement for your accounts to you know, you know, do more, do more about learning, communicating with your clients. That's a definitely important one for us. Um, so yeah, that's it from me today.
again um hope you found this um talk useful please let us know if there's any particular topics that you'd want us to have a chat on please just keep giving your feedback don't forget to get on get in touch with me on um hello at mindswan.com for any of your paid media data analysis issues um and remember for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly there's a lot of hard work that needs to be done beneath the surface so keep your swans kicking all right bye Thank you.